Oklahoma and Nebraska get to renew their rivalry one more time before a hiatus of who knows how many years. We'll talk about the game, or give you our keys to the matchup, and then we'll pick the Big 12 against Bet Online's point spreads on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. He's Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. Josh, we're almost to game day at this point. Are you excited for Nebraska? I'm excited. Can't wait. Obviously, this game, much closer than we anticipated a season ago. And there's kind of a similar feel coming into this one that Oklahoma, clearly the better team, the favored team on paper. And, of course, we've got the added wrinkle this week of Scott Frost having been fired and Mickey Joseph as the interim head man for Nebraska. So I'm geeked up anytime you get these two together because – you just don't get to see it very often, Oklahoma and Nebraska. We had to wait a decade for last year's affair between these two. And who knows? As you said right off the top, we don't know when the next time Oklahoma and Nebraska would meet outside of what maybe would be, I guess, a college football playoff type appearance against each other, which, again, you know, the way Nebraska's been going, seems like that might never happen again uh, for Nebraska. So, we, we have to enjoy this weekend. It's special when these two get together. There's a ton of memories for both Oklahoma and Nebraska fans that are all wrapped up in this rivalry. So, heck yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Are you? Yeah, I am. I am very much looking forward to it. Just even as kind of a newer Sooners fan, I've only been really a Sooners fan for last 15 years or so. My school didn't have a, a, a football team. University of Texas Arlington didn't have a football team. So I didn't really have college football rooting interest until I met my lovely wife. Uh, and so – like my first memories of OU Nebraska are just as a casual observer, as a big 12 fan, just watching the games on a Saturday and not really having anybody to root for just enjoying football. And so, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this because I, even though I wasn't an Oklahoma fan forever, I know the significance of this game. Like you can't follow college football for any length of time without understanding there's a significance behind Oklahoma and Nebraska. It, It is one of those games that just, rings out and it stands the test of time and it's a shame that we don't get it on a semi-regular basis hopefully they'll figure out a way to make it semi-regular even if it's not every year but every other year like some of the you know the sec schools have with with some of their um, in-state rivals i would love to see that happen a little bit more but we'll see what happens getting to the game josh let's start on the defensive side of the football for the oklahoma sooners nebraska's offense looks pretty solid. I mean, yes, they, they have the two losses. Uh, they've scored a ton of points in these losses and they played a pretty tough Northwestern team and, and put up a few points on the board as well. When you look at Nebraska's offense, kind of what's the big key for Oklahoma's defense in slowing them down and making sure that they don't have sustained drives to keep Oklahoma's offense off the field. Well, 
I think obviously because Casey Thompson is somebody that can do a little bit, a little bit of both, you know, I mean, I think that he's, he's okay with his feet. He's not the most explosive guy. I mean, right now this season, you would look at it and say he doesn't do anything with his feet. He's only got 11 rushing yards, but I think that's a little bit deceptive. I do think that, that he can run a little bit on you when given the opportunity though, that's clearly not been Nebraska's focus this season. So maintaining him, pocket integrity, keeping him in the pocket, making him a passer, not letting him get explosive runs on you, I think is step one, pressuring Casey, Casey Thompson. I mean, just kind of hand in hand, those two together. We saw last year where Casey Thompson was able to, John, before Nick Benito and Isaiah Thomas and Perion Winfrey, just that collection of players for the Sooners, before they really kind of enforced their will in that second half of the Red River showdown, Casey Thompson was out there making a bunch of plays with his arm and hitting receivers down the field. So he's capable of doing that if Oklahoma is not able to, again, maintain pocket integrity, keep him in that pocket, and then obviously, uh, you know, not let him extend plays and get the football down the field. So pressuring Casey Thompson, I think, is a, a huge piece of the puzzle defensively for the Sooners. Well, I want to stick on the, the rushing yards point for a second with Casey Thompson, because I think the way that the NCAA keeps stats is very misleading because they attribute sack yardage to rushing yardage for the quarterback. So if you know, you're a quarterback and you run for 20 yards on a designed run, but then you get sacked for seven, then you have two carries for 13 yards. To me, that doesn't make sense that you would attribute sack yardage to the quarterback's rushing totals. Uh, but so you look at pro football focus who does this the right way, the way I think it should be done um, with the statistical keeping and Casey Thompson has eight carries for 68 yards. Now, again, this doesn't take his sack yardage away as the NCAA stat keepers do. He's got the four touchdowns. He has fumbled the one time. So I think your point is right on that. He can run the football and he can beat you. If you get down in the red zone and in the you know goal to go situations, Casey Thompson's a threat and they'll have, that'll be something they have to keep an eye on. Last year, they struggled a little bit with the read option game from particular quarterbacks. They know Casey Thompson fairly well, at least the guys that were here last year. I think you're right. If they keep him in the pocket, make him a passer, it helps Oklahoma a little bit. I think another key is slowing down the, just the rushing attack in general because the Nebraska Cornhuskers can run the ball. Anthony Grant, he's run for 419 yards, 6.3 yards per carry, and five touchdowns this season. I saw stat. Uh, our, our friend over at Cornhuskers Wire, Evan Bredesen, uh, dropped a stat on me just getting ready for our kind of game prep with Sooners Wire. He's the first Nebraska Cornhusker to rush for 100 yards in three straight games to start a season since like 19, the 1950s, an absolutely incredible number. I'm, I'm looking to see real quick if I can find the actual stat. And, um, but I just, I can't believe that. Like that is a, a long, long history of, you know, running the football, especially a team like Nebraska, who for a long time was predicated on the running game. And you've gone that long without somebody being able to start the season with three straight hundred yard games. That's just absolutely incredible to me. So I think slowing down the running game is going to be huge because you want to get Casey Thompson into obvious passing situations where he is having to drop back and take five, seven step drops and look down the field. So that means Oklahoma is going to have to get them into second and long, third and long situations where guys like Reggie Grimes and Ethan Downs and Jalen Redmond can get after the passer. They can just pin their ears back, so to speak, and just rush the passer. I like Oklahoma's chances to be able to do that. They weren't great against the run against Kent State, but they were really good against UTEP. 
I think things balance out a little bit, and they're pretty good against Nebraska. Again, Anthony Grant's been really, really good. Nebraska's offensive line, they've been solid in the run game, not so great in the passing game. So if they can get them into situations where they're forced to pass, that's going to benefit Oklahoma greatly. Yeah, I'm excited just to see how Oklahoma defends Nebraska. Uh, I think, you know, obviously this is the first real test of the season for Oklahoma. We, we saw how the Sooners performed versus both UTEP and Kent State. That was encouraging. The tackles for loss department has been really, really good. And what we've spent a, a lot of time talking about is three guys in particular that have really played well in Danny Stutzman, in Reggie Grimes, and in Billy Bowman. I think one of the keys, John, is that continuing for Oklahoma, right? I mean, maybe that's too simple to look at, but Danny Stutzman, I said earlier this week to you, I think he's established himself as maybe Oklahoma's best defensive player. So against the Nebraska team that has Anthony Grant, who, again, we we know, right? Okay, without looking that, that statistic up and having it directly in front of you, we know that Anthony Grant has already been a co-Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week this season for the Huskers. He's doing some things that haven't been done done in Lincoln in quite some time. He's averaging six yards a carry, and he's already got five uh, rushing touchdowns on the season. So that's a heck of a task, trying to slow him down. Will Danny Stutzman be somebody that, in this game, is another double-figure tackle guy? Will Billy Bowman, is he going to get some PBUs in this game like we've seen the first couple? Because I think you just look up and down Nebraska. They've got some guys in the wide receiver core, John, that – they're going to challenge the Sooners, right? This is a secondary for Oklahoma that was 109th a season ago in passing yards allowed. And really, I mean, come on. They haven't been super tested to this point. They're going to get tested by Trey Palmer. They're going to get tested by Marcus Washington and Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. They're going to get tested by Omar Manning. So let's see how that secondary holds up. I think that's another big key. Yeah, that's huge because it doesn't help you if you get Casey Thompson into obvious passing situations and your secondary doesn't hold up. So that's going to be a huge aspect of this. I mean, we saw Kent State convert some third and long situations where you're thinking, okay, Oklahoma's about to get off the field here. And Colin Schley found some soft spots in the defense and was able to make some big-time completions. We're going to talk about Oklahoma against Nebraska's defense coming up after I tell you about Bet Online. It's your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Get in on the latest action. Get in on future opportunities with Who's going to win the Heisman Trophy? Who's going to win the college football playoff, the national championship, the Super Bowl? You name it. Bet Online has it. They're a continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. The NBA and the NHL seasons are right around the corner, and you can get in on them at Bet Online. Again, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action that's bet online where the game starts all right josh offensively looking at the oklahoma sooners against the nebraska corn huskers what's the thing that stands out to you the most that oklahoma is going to have to do to put up enough points to potentially beat a a pretty good you know nebraska offense to outscore the nebraska offense against what seems like a pretty bad nebraska defense take care of the football and i think that's Dylan Gabriel, right? I mean, he's going to have opportunities to get the football down the field to his playmakers, to Marvin Mims, to Theo Weiss, and to you name it. I know that, you know, you you could speak on this, but I, I think 
you're kind of in that camp where, okay, show me Jaleel Farouk. I've had Jeff Levy. I've heard him come to the plate to bat for you. And, hey, it's just a matter of time before Jaleel Farouk makes plays. Well, show me, right? And, hey, I, I understand that. But I do think that beyond just Mims and Weiss, Oklahoma's – they've got playmakers, even if it's Braden Willis as a tight end in the passing game. They're going to have some holes in this Husker defense that they can pick apart. Obviously, the run game, you want to see it get off to a much better start, John. Even if Nebraska's keying on it, this is one of those games where now you're in Power 5 football. You're obviously in your first true road test of the Brent Venables era. And probably more importantly, even than that, is just it's singularly your first road test in 2022 for this football team. So you need to do better than 13 rushes for seven yards in the first half to win this football game. But bigger than all of that, again, uh, just full circle on this deal is I think Dylan Gabriel, you got to take care of the football because this is a bad defense right now uh, for Nebraska. They've been giving up a ton of yards. I want to say they're right at about 100. I think they're 98th in scoring defense. So they're not stopping anybody in that regard. And the one way to give them life really across the board in this football game is to set up Nebraska with short fields offensively and obviously to bail this defense out by letting them get takeaways. Yeah, Nebraska's defense is not good. Considering the fact that they've played Northwestern, Georgia Southern, and again, blanking on the third team that they played in week zero uh, or week two. Um, North Dakota. Thank you, North Dakota. The fact that they've given up more than 200 yards rushing and 287 yards passing per game to start the season is pretty incredible. So Nebraska currently ranks uh, against the pass 113th, allowing 284.7 yards per game. Against the run, they're 116th, allowing 207.3 yards per game. Scoring, they're allowing 31 points per game, which is 91st in college football. I mean, this is not a good Nebraska defense against the run, against the pass. Any way you slice it, Oklahoma should be able to do what they want to do offensively against this team. I'm not really going to have much patience for a running game that's slow to get going this week. I'm not going to have any patience for a, a passing offense that's out of sync. I mean, that was, I mean, as good as Dylan Gabriel was from the second quarter on the first quarter, it was, it was kind of herky jerky. You know, it wasn't like in tempo. It wasn't in rhythm. It just, it, all of it was out of sorts. This team needs to come out flying from the first quarter on in this game because they're the better offense against this defense. They're a complete mismatch for this defense. Yes, it's a road game. Yes, it's going to be an environment that's really excited to just kind of lay into Oklahoma for the first time since 2009. Oklahoma hasn't visited Lincoln since 2009. So that fan base is going to be absolutely jacked up to have the Sooners in Lincoln. Still, that's no excuse for them coming out and playing sluggish and slow football to get started. We talked about Jalil Farouk. If he was ever going to have a breakout game, this has got to be it. Like, this has got to be the game that Jalil Farouk breaks out. Again, Nebraska's allowed 287 yards per game. Sorry, 284.7 passing yards per game against North Dakota, Northwestern, who, yes, it's a Power 5 program, but they're not slinging the football. They're not Texas Tech of the good old days and Georgia Southern Georgia Southern is one of the best scoring offenses in FBS right now, but still they're not one of the premier programs in college football that should just be able to have their way with any old team, but they did against Nebraska. So Jaleel Farouk, 
I'm not saying that your career is over, but like, if this is going to be the time to make a believer out of me and out of anybody else, like this is the time to do it. The opportunities are going to come. If Jeff Levy's talking about you in the press conference and saying the opportunities are coming your way, then you, then you're likely going to get some targets. You're going to get some chances to make plays. And I think he's going to have the breakout. I'm believing it. I'm, I'm, I want to see it. I'm, I want to see it before I'm ready to just be sold that he's number three. And maybe I'll still want to see it for several more games. But if there's ever a game that he's going to have that breakout performance, it's this game. Another guy I want to see a lot more from, or at least just a lot more playing time, is Drake Stoops. He's a guy I feel like that's earned a significant number of snaps and a significant target share in this offense. Like, I'd love to see him with five, six targets in the passing game because uh, more often than not, when he gets thrown the ball, he makes a big play out of it. This is just a guy that just catches first down passes, makes clutch catches, and does something with the ball after the catch. So let me see some more Drake Stoops. I'm excited to see if Theo Weiss can open it up a little bit too. I think outside of Marvin Mims, just the wide receiver in general, wide receiver group in general, I think we all kind of want to see a little bit more from. And then Braden Willis, like, he did not have a really good performance in week two against Kent state. Can he bounce back and show kind of more of the high efficient you know, receiver that he was in week one? I think so. I think Braden Willis is going to have that bounce back performance in this game. And then for me, the, the biggest question, and I think it's probably going to be the case for you too, is the offensive line. Again, this is a bad Nebraska defense. This offensive line should be able to come in and set the tone early and dictate the pace of this football game. And if they're not, we'll just have further questions about this team as they get ready for Kansas State next week. But in this game against the Cornhuskers, they've got to be the superior unit on the field. I jotted a couple of things down. I agree with you on Braden Willis. I think very important for him to be a safety valve type option for Oklahoma, especially in red zone situations in this game. I mean, this is – you know, this is where it all starts for all intents and purposes for Oklahoma. I know they've played UTEP and they played Kent State, but, you know, this is this is power five time. This is big time road football for Oklahoma against a team that's desperate and hungry to prove that, you know, they're worthy of wearing a Nebraska Cornhuskers jersey, frankly. Right. So they're going to be hungry. They're going to be motivated. And there's going to be opportunities for Braden Willis in key moments, perhaps early or throughout to uh, really be a difference maker. This is the type of game where if you're Braden Willis, I know we saw it in the opener. Then that second game, not not really there, sort of missing in action, in action for Braden Willis. This is where you start making that cash, baby. This is where you start you know, getting that NFL draft pick. I wrote two things down here. On your point about the crowd and you want to see Oklahoma start fast, I agree with you. I think that it's a, it's a no-duh, no-brainer statement in a lot of road games. But for this one, especially given the circumstances, I think it's even heightened a little bit more just because, to me, you've got an opportunity, John, in this game. If you come out your first couple of offensive series, like first three series of the game, right? Let's say Oklahoma goes touchdown, field goal, touchdown. You've got a defense in Nebraska that has not been good all season long, that just had its head coach fired. And I know that he's an offensive-minded head coach in Scott Frost, but I guess what I'm saying is you've got a program in Nebraska that – they're down and out right now. You've got a fan base that is down and out right now in Nebraska. So those first couple of series, really both sides of the football, but I think especially offensively, just because, again, that's been the side of the football for Nebraska, their defense that has not been very good. It's huge for Oklahoma to come out and look like the team in this game, John, that 
it's not going to be all that difficult of a day for them to move the football. I mean, I think if you just kind of break down this game offensively for Oklahoma, that might be kind of the biggest key if it's not just the, the obvious, the cliche turnover department. Yeah, and I think that's going to be one of the things that they're looking to do too is start fast. Take the crowd out of it as quickly as you possibly can by dialing up a five-play, 75-yard touchdown drive to, to get on the board, much like they did against uh, UTEP in week one. So, you know, this is the week where we should start seeing them kind of unleash more of their offense, more of their defensive playbook, see, seeing more of what this scheme is going to look like. We may not see everything that they want to show, because they want to try and hold some things back against, you know, Kansas state and for TCU and for Texas and the rest of the big 12 schedule. But we're going to see a lot more from this team this week than we've seen in, in the last couple of weeks. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Brent Venables and Jeff Levy and Ted roof have kind of dialed up for this game against Nebraska, because I think we're going to see a lot more pressure packages. It's not going to just be rushing four all the time. We're going to see a lot more safety blitz. If key Lawrence is back, like it, looks like he might be i think we see him sent on the blitz quite a bit this week all right josh before we get into our big 12 picks what else do you need to say about nebraska heading into this one we'll we'll share our oklahoma nebraska prediction here later in the show as we get ready to close it up but we're going to pick the big 12 games here in a second but josh i'll give you one last thought on oklahoma nebraska before we do that i just think since we're talking oklahoma's offense versus nebraska's defense this game to me sets itself up to where either Eric Gray or Marcus Major could really take a big step forward in terms of being Oklahoma's number one running back. If one of those two guys has a great game versus the Huskers here, I think that again, heading into Big 12 play kind of maybe gives one of those two a a lead in terms of who's going to get the majority of the carries. Probably feels like Eric Gray is kind of the leader in that department for OU right now. But if Marcus Major's great in this game, John, then I think all of a sudden we start shifting that conversation a little bit in his direction. So I think that's sort of, again, not not something that directly, uh, you know, solely is going to decide this game. I think it's just kind of an interesting Oklahoma storyline within this game. It'll definitely be something for us to be watching because Marcus Major's been really, really good to start the season. Eric Gray has been too, but there's just a different energy and physicality that Marcus Major runs with that, I think translates and, and uh, connects with a lot of Oklahoma Sooners fans in particular. So, all right, let's look at the big 12 slate for this week and not as many intriguing games as there were last week on the big 12 schedule, but still quite a few that are, are going to be really fun to watch and to monitor. So Josh, we're going to start with Baylor. They're giving up 30 points to Texas state, the Bobcats. Who you got in this one? So I'm taking Baylor. I'm taking Baylor in the points. Uh, obviously, coming off of the tough overtime loss down there in Provo, they'll be motivated to go put together a big performance. I'm thinking something like 45, 45, 45, 13. That's a solid cover, right? Yeah, yeah. You get the you, you, Baylor covers. And you hit the over. So you're going to take the over in this one, which is set at 55. I'll also take Baylor minus the points and uh, the two teams to cover to cover the over. I think Baylor's going to, yeah, have a big bounce back game. You're going to see Blake shape and kind of unleash his arm talent a little bit more. And we'll see I mean, what this Baylor team is made of coming off of a, of a loss. Uh, next, Iowa State coming off their big win against the Hawkeyes. Their uh, favorite over Ohio by 
18 and a half points. Iowa State's given up 18 and a half points to Ohio. How do you like the Cyclones in this one? Or do you, you lean Ohio in the points? So Ohio's first couple of games beat Florida Atlantic 41 to 38, turned around, lost at Penn State 46 to 10. I don't think Iowa State is the type of team that Penn State is, but uh, obviously this game is a tough road trip for Ohio up to Ames. I liked a lot of what I saw from Hunter Deckers versus a very, very good Iowa defense. Xavier Hutchinson, still a really nice player. Jarrell Brock in the backfield, I thought, uh, you know, did some nice things in the run game for Iowa State. So I do kind of look at Iowa State to win this game. What do you have the, the spread at for me again here? So minus 18 and a half. Okay, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, I, I like them to I like them to win it by 21 or so. So 38, 17, something like that. Yep. And the over hunter is set at 48. So 38, 17 would would be over. Over. Yeah. And yeah, and I'll take Iowa State minus the 18 and a half as well as the two teams to hit the over as well. Kansas State. Minus 14 against Tulane, the green wave. That For some reason, that didn't sound right to me, but that's what it is, the Tulane green wave. Um, you know, we know Tulane, they, you know, they played Oklahoma tough last year. It's a, a tough program. Do you think they're going to have what it takes to uh, keep it close against the Wildcats? No, I don't. It's still Michael Pratt, by the way, who's playing quarterback for Tulane. And we know that obviously he did some really nice things in Norman. I just think Kansas State offensively final tune-up for them, John, before they head down to Norman for what they know is a big, big-time showdown uh, coming up next week, next week in primetime. So I look for Adrian Martinez to finally play, I'm not going to say a great game, but his best game so far of the season. I know Kansas State, they were able to race away from Missouri, and again, I think it was a 9 of 20 passing performance from Adrian Martinez. So they just still have not gotten much from him at the quarterback position, but I think this is going to be his best performance to date. I like what Kansas state's doing defensively. Uh, so how about, how about 38 to 20 here? Solid, solid win and cover for Kansas state. Yeah. I think what you're saying about the defense is right on Kansas state's defense is playing really, really good. Yeah. Give me Kansas state about 42 to 13 over Tulane again, Michael Pratt's a gamer, but I just don't think there's going to be enough uh, two-lane talent to keep this one close. Interesting nugget here. Deuce Vaughn is averaging more yards per carry than Adrian Martinez's yards per attempt on the season. That's crazy. At some point, somebody's going to have to start talking about Deuce Vaughn for the Heisman. All right, Kansas heading to Houston to take on the Cougars, future Big 12 mate. Uh, They are getting eight and a half points. Houston's favored by eight and a half. The over-under set at 58. Josh, what do you think of the Jayhawks coming off of the big win in Morgantown? Big dub in Morgantown for Daniels and company there at Kansas. I I need to see it again. I I think I'm leaning Houston by touchdown and a field goal in this game. I know that obviously they lost their game last week at Texas Tech. Houston did. I want to pick Kansas. I just want to take them straight up, right? I want to see the Jayhawks 3-0, but – I'm, I'm still – show me again, Lance Leopold, uh, that that's actually going to happen. So I'm thinking there's going to be some points in this game, similar to, again, what we saw in Lubbock last week. I'm looking at I'm looking at 41-31, something 
Houston, something uh, in that neighborhood? I'm going to take Kansas in the points. I mean, the last three games of the 2021 season were all one-score games. They come out starting strong. They get the big win over West Virginia. This is an offense that's fourth in the nation in scoring right now. So I'm really intrigued by Jalen Daniels, Lance Leipold, and what they're doing over there or up there in Lawrence. So give me Kansas uh, plus the eight and a half points. And yeah, I'm, the over-under set at 58. I'm going to take Kansas and Houston to go over on this one. I don't know if Kansas wins the game, you know, going on the road to play in Houston in what will probably be a humid um, Saturday down there in the, the southeast of Texas because it's always stinking humid in the armpit of Texas. Uh, sorry, Houston people. Um, but yeah, I like, I like Kansas to continue playing close games, even if they don't win this game. Just things are different for the Jayhawks right now. All right, Texas Tech, they are underdogs traveling to North Carolina to face NC State. NC State is favored by 10 points. The over-under is set at 56. I like Texas Tech to cover. I like Texas Tech to cover. Devin Leary was somebody that a bunch of people kind of had as, you know, one of the dark horse candidates before the season as a Heisman Trophy winner. And NC State was sort of that popular, if it's not Clemson pick, in the ACC, then you're taking North Carolina State, you're taking the Wolfpack. Opener, not really all that impressive for Devin Leary and NC State. He only completed 17 of his 33 passes for a shade over 200 yards, had one touchdown, one interception. That was against East Carolina. They slipped past the Pirates in that one, 21 to 20. Obviously, were, were great last week. But uh, I think Texas Tech hangs, hangs around in this game. I'm taking NC State at home, 30, 34 27, but that's a solid, solid Red Raiders cover. Yeah, it would not surprise me one bit to see Texas Tech win this game. Again, a t talk about a team that just playing different right now. Joey McGuire has them playing really tough. And yes, it's a road trip, but I'm with you. I like Texas Tech plus the points in, in a similar thing. It's going to be a one score game, you know, seven or eight point game sort of a thing. Um, I don't know if they'll hit the over. It could be a, a tighter ball game than that, but I mean, Texas Tech has been scoring. Donovan Smith taking over for you know Tyler Shuck, playing good football. Yeah, he had the three interceptions so far in the season, but I mean, he he brings a different kind of energy and a different kind of life to that Red Raiders offense. So uh, it's going to be a really intriguing matchup. Probably the best game uh, aside from Oklahoma and Nebraska on the Big Twelve slate this week is that Texas Tech NC State game or the Kansas Houston game. As far as games we might most be intrigued by. All right, before we get to the Oklahoma-Nebraska game, one last Big 12 game to touch on, courtesy of Bet Online. The point spreads here again. Bet Online, the easiest place to bet on all your favorite sports. Texas is a minus 12.5 favorite against the University of Texas San Antonio, the Roadrunners. What do you think about this one, Josh? So we think uh, Hudson Card's good to go. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see why not. I mean. Sark's playing a little coy about his quarterback situation, but yeah, I, I like what we saw defensively from Texas this past week versus Alabama. I am a little leery with them of just getting caught up in the Texas looked so good versus Alabama. And man, that's the effort we're going to see on that side of the football from them every single week. If it is, then great. And Texas, regardless of whether it's yours, at, yours or card at quarterback, they're going to have a chance to win every game in the Big 12 this season if they get that type of performance. 
every single week. I don't know that we're going to see that. I'm tentatively going to take Texas to win this football game 34 to 20. Don't feel great about it, but that's where I'm at right now today. Yeah, I, I, I like Texas too. I just think Bajan Robinson and Xavier Worthy are just too good. Um, offensive pieces that there's you have a hard time finding anybody in the country that could cover them, let alone University of Texas San Antonio. So Xavier Worthy is going to have a big game. Bajan Robinson will have a big game in this one. And Texas is going to win by two touchdowns, in my opinion. Uh, now getting to Oklahoma, Nebraska, the one that you came here for. Oklahoma is a minus 11 favorite, according to Bet Online. Again, where the game starts and the over 100 is set at 66. Josh, what do you think about Oklahoma versus Nebraska? So I, I literally was right on the number. 38-27 is what I think the final is going to be, but I won't be a coward. I will not sit right on the fence. I will make a pick for you. 41-27 Sooners in this game in Lincoln. I think that we see Nebraska make some plays offensively. Obviously, you know, 27 on the board, there's going to be some people that would be disappointed in that. I just think this is going to be a game that's defined by Nebraska doesn't have much success stopping Oklahoma at all both in the run and the pass game, I think for the most part, Oklahoma is going to be what be able to do pretty much whatever they want to do offensively. John, if they take care of the football, I think they do that. I think it's a good first road win for Brent Venables and Oklahoma. And uh, I look for them to win this thing 41, 27. And honestly for it to at times not feel as close as that. Yeah. I'm going to stand by what I said um, on the show earlier this week. And that I just don't think Nebraska is going to be able to hang. It might be a close game through the first quarter, maybe into the second quarter as well. But I think by halftime, Oklahoma will have start pulling, have started pulling away similar to what they did against Kent state. And then even what they did against UTEP, you know, that was a 21 to 13 game as the, the miners and the, and the Sooners approached halftime, Oklahoma got a late score in that one, made it 28 to 13, and then just kind of ran away with it in the second half, did the same thing against Kent state. It was a three, nothing game in favor of the, the flashes and then Oklahoma has that nice two-minute drill to go up 7-3 and then, again, runs away with it. So I think this is going to be one of those that they could stay close through the first quarter, most of the second quarter. But then as halftime approaches, Oklahoma is going to get another great you know, two-minute drill touchdown just before the half to kind of set themselves apart and then make the necessary halftime adjustments to just run away with the football game. So I'm going with Oklahoma 42, Nebraska 20. I think that 20 probably comes on a, a later, you know, touchdown when the game is pretty well decided. So, I mean, Nebraska, they've got some talented offensive pieces, but if they get behind at all in this game, then they're going to have a really hard time uh, keeping up at all because Oklahoma's pass rush is just going to be relentless and they're not going to be able to slow it down. So to me, it's Oklahoma in a blowout. I love it. That'd be a great sign for the Sooners. If they go up there and win that game 42 to 20, we'll be feeling great. Be feeling great coming out of Lincoln and obviously heading into the big 12 slate. And I think there's a good chance you could be, you could be right on the money with that type of prediction. Yeah. And we'll get to find out Saturday, 11 AM kickoff part of, a, a what'll be a great college football weekend every weekend in the fall is a fantastic college football weekend we're so glad it's here don't ever leave us again college football so that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on sooners make sure you're tuned in 
after we'll be back on the Sunday evening. If you're watching on the YouTube side or Monday morning on the podcast side to break down everything that happened in this game. And maybe hopefully we'll get it a lot sooner than 10 years down the road. We'll get to see Oklahoma and Nebraska lock horns again, but again, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and over on YouTube. If you do subscribe on YouTube, also hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on ref hear him Monday through Friday from nine to noon on 94, seven, the ref and Norman. You can also follow me on Twitter at John nine Williams, follow the show on Twitter at locked on Sooners. And until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner.